Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. You can follow Wellington Access Radio on Twitter. Tweet at us and hear about community programming in your Twitter feed. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Good morning, Sue, and good morning, listeners. What a, I was going to say, glorious Sunday morning um, for Wellington, but I guess it is glorious in a slightly overcast, grey, coolish kind of a way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this morning um, I'm flying completely solo, so um, I don't know, is that a reason or an excuse? <laughs> For, for how things might derail very quickly. Um, but I do feel I'm in the capable, tacky hands of Sue. So um, we've got some hopefully awesome music, um, some announcements and information, a little bit of an um, update about the Wellington City Council Rainbow Advisory Group, which has just been set up this year. Um, a little bit of poetry for me. Um, I don't know if that's a... A warning, a promise, <laughs> a threat. Um, so I guess I might start with some announcements and then um, we might flick into a song. Um, but yeah, so let's start with some announcements. And I guess um, I'm not the greatest fan of Whackbat, which a lot of people refer to as cricket. Um, however, I am... I am married to a to somebody who enjoys a bit of whackbat, so um, I am aware that there is a World Cup happening in 2022, and I'm also aware that the iconic Basin Reserve will host a Trans Tasman showdown between Australia and New Zealand on Sunday the 13th of March. So um, I think if you're patriotic and or into cricket and or a supporter of women in sport at the elite level or even at the community level, and or you want to have a great day out with some friends, I say find some tickets and get yourself along. Make sure, though, hats, sunscreen, long sleeves, protect yourself from the sun. It'll be very hot in March. Um, there's also going to be other pool games happening in Wellington um, as well as a semi-final a little later in March. So... Um, 
that's my first sporting announcement and I, I just feel so much like a, a sports announcer on TV right now. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I want to, I don't know, run around the block or uh, maybe go for a swim, but I'll tell you about how to get amongst those activities a little later this morning. So shall we have a song, Sue? Is, is that okay? Um, so we'll head on into something. Uh, this morning's music mix is quite eclectic. A um, little bit of disco, a little bit of this, little bit of that. So, um, yeah, cue the tune. Thank you, Sue. Prepare for a song? Oh, I'm not sure. Hang on. It, it's going to be just fine, and it is Mary... Oh, Mary, Mary J. Blige. It is. Perfect. So this is quite an upbeat little tune to get us all going this morning. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Let it go. Can't let this thing cold up.
So how upbeat and gorgeous was that song? <laughs> That's a pretty good start. I think so. And, and I think it's a really good message. Like, we are fine, just the way we are, um, living our lives and doing our thing. Um, so, yes, um, and talking about living life and doing your thing. Um, as I said earlier in the show, if you are wanting to kind of, you know, go for a swim, have a run around the block, this summer there are tons and tons of things that you can get amongst um, in Wellington. Most of these things you can either find on Facebook or if you just Google the keywords or their organisation name, you will, you'll be able to find them. So, yeah, Summer Sports Roundup for Wellington Rainbow Communities. We've got Wellington Rainbow Bowling uh, and they're on Facebook. So that's really awesome if you like a little bit of 10-pin bowling. There's Wellington Front Runners that have all manner of long runs, short runs, weekly type meetups, um, as well as longer sort of events. Different Strokes, which is a swimming group. So if you would like to... Um, get fit in the water. Um, swimming is an awesome way of doing that because you're basically using every muscle in your body and your heart and lungs get quite the workout. Wildcats Women's Cricket um, is our local Wellington Cricket Club for women. So you can um, try a hand at cricket, go, go along, support them when they're playing their matches. And we also have Richter City Roller Derby, which is fierce and feisty and fast and an awesome um, event to go and watch as well as um, try your hand at if you enjoy roller skating. Um, my roller skating career lasted all of about 1.5 seconds. Um, <laughs> I landed on my um, tush adjacent area, possibly a hip, I'm not sure. I was so traumatised. Um, I cried and refused to get back on the skates and so my mother gave them to my younger sister. Um, I was probably 18 at the time, so... <laughs> <laughs> this was some time ago. <laughs> oh, not that... I've yeah, okay, it was some time ago. Um, <laughs> you, could, you could have another go, you know, you might and, almost recovered. And I was one of those weedy sort of geeky kids that, um, yeah, wasn't really that sports-minded. Um, in terms of, so if, if you're like me and not that sports-minded, there's heaps of other things to get amongst. Um, Socialising opportunities, if you're on Facebook, there's a group called Wellington To Do, To Do, and... Um, they have heaps of notifications about what's on and what's coming up. Usually, well, well 100% usually, with um, a Rainbow Focus. Rainbow Wellington are having their Christmas lunch on Sunday the 5th of December at 12 noon. You have to go um, to their Facebook for Rainbow Wellington for information on how to book and um, prepay for your um, meal, which I think is around about the $50 mark, if you remember. Sorry, but anyway, go to Facebook. It's the source of all truth, sort of, these days. If you're into the arts, um, obviously we have the amazing Glamophones Choir. So you can either be a choir member or you can go along to their shows. There's usually a pre-Christmas show, which is heaps of fun. So um, so just um, the, the status with Glamophones at the moment is because we've got a lot of people pumping out air into a into a smallish space. 
um, we're we're kind of on hold at the moment, but um, that that doesn't stop you um, coming and make some connection through the Facebook pages. And um, it, at the moment, it's kind of a bit up in the air. But um, I imagine that that once things become clearer from other perspectives, then then we'll um, we'll have to come up with a, a way of doing it that uh, works. So there's there's quite varied. Um, ways that choirs are coping with um, with the COVID at the moment. So, Yeah, I've seen some of the um, like Zoom call choir things, and I don't know if people record their piece and then it gets mashed up or if they're doing it live together. But, I mean, we've just come so far with our technology yeah. in the last 18 months. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work doing it live together, so we've tried a few practices. Um, and, and really the best way um, to do those... Um, I think there, there's, you know, um, there's there's sort of ways of doing it. So you you um, put the just put the sound on, and it's and everybody sings along with with what's there on the sound. Um, they're quite the trouble is that um, Facebook's actually, uh, not Facebook Zoom's actually got quite a lag, and you don't. You don't notice it when you're doing a, a Zoom call um, until until everybody tries doing the karakir at the end of the meeting together, oh, yes. and they, they they all get so so that effect happens even worse with choirs. <laughs> yeah, I, it would. Um, I think our rule now um, in my day job is that you mute your mic to do the karakir because no matter how good people's pronunciation is, it sounds terrible <laughs> um, when you've got 15 or 20 people all having a go. Um, and I've got two more um, little bits on my announcements. Um, Stitch and Butch um, is awesome if you are into any kind of um, stitching, um, knitting, crochet, etc. Um, and the other thing I just wanted to do a big plug for is a group called Walk Tours New Zealand. And they do history walks around Wellington, um, mostly flat and around the city centre. So it's sort of strolling and, and learning, um, which I think is an, a nice way to, to move around the town. Um, and then their next event is Saturday the 4th of December at 1pm starting in, uh, I think it to Arrow. Um, it's the red tour so if you've ever been on their tours they give them colours of the rainbow and the red tour in particular um, looks at LGBTQI plus rainbow icons and the places of interest and significance to our local history so um, if you're particularly interested in Carmen Rupe the, um, she is one of the, the icons that is talked about in, on that tour so that's my extensive yesterday's research about what's happening in and around Wellington over summer. I'm sure there are heaps more events and activities and Quilted Bananas would love to hear from you if you have an event that you would like them to plug. So um, you could probably do that by um, messaging their Facebook um, presence or, um, yeah, so um, Sue will probably mop up the mess I leave behind <laughs> with all of my, oh, just get in touch with the Quilted Bananas. They'll be, they'll be able to promote your stuff for you. Um, That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so I thought before we go to the next song, I might just offer 
a wee poem, which I wrote yesterday afternoon coming into town, and it was when we were going from the sunshine day we were having to what we have now. Um, so this is quite rough, um, and this was written in the car, and I haven't actually transcribed it, so it is still on my pack-and-save receipt. It doesn't have a name yet, so this one is untitled. And here we go. Dragged across the landscape like a half-formed idea, clouds aren't sure of themselves, not confident enough to commit to the act of rain or to blow through to another town further up the line. The sky presenting bald patches of blue that are ignored by the swans lulling on the suddenly calm harbour. <laughs> um, so I think, shall we go to another song? Yeah. I'll just put my microphone back on. Our <laughs> next song that you gave me on the list was Kiss of Life. Yes, by Kylie Minogue, um, talking about icons, um, Australian icon, um, but um, very big in gay clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a colleague who was, who is a mad Kylie Minogue fan. <laughs> Sorry about this, I decided to play it on my phone and not on the computer anymore. That's um, quite annoying. Um, might have so a... I would say that's your ration of Kylie Minogue for the morning. <laughs> I think we, we have to go back to Kylie because how can you do that? But anyway, um, it seems to have completely, completely stopped that. Um, well, what, what we might do is um, I can buy some time while I talk about the Wellington City Council's advisory group. And then if we can yeah. get Kylie reanimated, yeah, we, we, we shall do we it. Could, we could uh, revisit Kylie um, a little later in the uh, thing, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, earlier this year, 
the Wellington City Council started to consult with Rainbow Communities and had some, some meetings with groups like Inside Out and GMA Rainbow Wellington. And adjacent to that process, um, some councillors were also looking to establish a Rainbow Advisory Group to, I suppose, provide input into council decision-making, um, help the council prioritise um, things like um, investments in arts and culture. So out of all of that work, um, the Rainbow Advisory Group was established. And I think the recruitment process things happened over sort of May, June, and then there was, um, you know, by August, I think it was starting to meet. So the purpose of the advisory group is to provide a voice for Wellington's Rainbow Communities on issues that affect us um, and, and the city that we live in. So, for example, that might include things like the establishment of a rainbow precinct somewhere in the CBD around Cuba Street. Um, there's also, um, in the past, been talk about how to support grassroots sports and recreation groups be inclusive and welcoming for all people, including our rainbow um, communities. So, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of stuff that uh, an advisory group could get involved in. I had a little look on the Wellington City Council website where you can find all of the, the meeting agendas as well as the minutes from meetings. If you look in advance and find out when the next meeting is, you can put that in your diary. You can actually watch the meetings live stream on the council's YouTube page. So all of the meetings are open to the public um, and they're really encouraging people to be part of that process, to know what's going on and to be able to feed into decision making, maybe speak to the advisory group if you have something that you wish to say. Um, so in October, I, I found meeting notes and the group was focusing on developing their goals and a work plan for the coming year. So, you know, they're really down to business and getting on with it. So if you'd like some more information, you can visit the Wellington City Council website. Um, and yeah, you can see all of the previous meetings, minutes and agendas. And um, yeah, join the live stream if you wish to um, via YouTube. So I've managed to get that one up. So... <laughs> Um, so you can go to our Facebook page and there'll be a link to that. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So um, do we have Kylie? Do we have Kylie Good. back? Do we have her back? Is, she, is, is Kylie in the house? Goes to Kylie's house. Let's give it a shot. It's gone, hasn't it? Oh, it's all these Black Friday sales nonsense. Um, the whole world's gone crazy because we don't consume enough. We need to keep consuming people. Actually, oh. I've, I have words about consumerism later in the show. It's now, it's now logged itself into Karen. Okay. So that's helpful. No, we don't have any music at the moment. How about... I'm going to turn my phone back on, seeing as that was... Thank you, Spotify, for, for um, <laughs> my conveniently my conveniently packaged songs, which I had prepared beforehand, are now not working at all. Um, so, I think one of the um, questions that I had about the um, 
about the Rainbow um, Consultation Group. Um, well, or one of the observations. So obviously the City Council had kind of no idea about what that landscape was when they gave the money, when they took the money off out in the park and or out in the square or whichever it was at the time that they did it. They took the money from that and gave it to another group who'd done a bit of a sales pitch but didn't actually have any um, any solid connections to the uh, rainbow community. It was a more, more commercial kind of um, enterprise. Um, I think that's um, useful to have those links. It seems quite a challenging sort of thing to be able to, um, you know, which, which way do you which way do you go? Do you put in people who are already entrenched in various other things, or do you put in um, just random people? Or do you, do you have any idea which way they went with that? Um, well, I know that early in the consultation, um, there there was discussion about who might be interested in being on an advisory group and, and what their role would be and what the council thought they would get out of it. Um, and I guess one of the things for our rainbow communities is that we sort of do have some sort of known leaders in the community and they lead on the things they know about and they play to their strengths, which is really good, and they do have some connections. But there's also blind spots then um, if they're the only people that you involve in processes. So I remember having conversations with people about the need to cultivate new leaders and ensure that we have spaces available for more perspectives and more points of view, and not necessarily from the people that we hear from all the time, so, for example, I was in a meeting and I talked about the person that the council really needed to talk to. And they said, well, who is that? As if I had a little black book and I could give them a name. And I said, well, it's the person, potentially an older lesbian, living in your social housing um, that's leaky and cold and they don't have the money to, you know, go to events they don't have the political connections to ring councillors and lobby and advocate for themselves or others. So they're economically, socially, politically disadvantaged. And if you put into play Māori and Pacifica and migrant and refugee communities, how does a rainbow migrant refugee communicate with the council on feeling safe going to and from their low-paid work at two in the morning. You know, so they're the people that whose voices really need to probably be heard the most because they're the ones the council can most directly help um, through the provision of, of public transport, through the provision of good housing, um, safe community design, good planning. Mm. So um, I'm not in Wellington City Council region, so I have no conflict of interest here. I'm an upper hut ratepayer and resident, um, but that was my observation of what I thought. And so, you know, those groups don't necessarily have a lot of presence in our political system at the moment. And certainly with institutional racism, Māori and Pacifica particularly, will tell you what it's like to be the only, and I use this word very advisedly, brown face at the table. Um, I just use that expression because that's an expression that I've heard people yeah. use themselves to describe what it's like to sit amongst that 
that sea of homogeny and you be the only one standing out. I mean, I've had a similar experience where I've been the only woman at a table, mm-hmm. um, but then I'm a white woman from privileged economic background. You know, I've got a job, I can pay my bills, I'm, you know, made, able to make ends meet, which automatically privileges me amongst, or, you know, over and above, you know, the, the 40% of um, Kiwi families that live in poverty or, you know, do struggle. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, thinking about that intersectionality, I think it's really important to have that intersectional voices representation at, at the table. And it's the way of the future. You know, we, we don't necessarily need, you know, people in long established leadership positions telling us how they think the world is. What we need is for people that are living in the world to tell us what it's like mm. and what will work for them because we're all experts in our own lives. So, um, that that would be my my take on why people were selected to be on the advisory group. Not that I have any inside information, but that's just my take on it. Yeah, I think I think that's that's sort of quite a good and you know for for people to be sort of starting out with, um, you know, quite a lot of the organisations just get quite entrenched, and you know, probably. And, the radio as much as any that you've got a membership that's quite entrenched and it becomes quite difficult to um you know to 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 change them and to and to um bring bring a perspective that's different because you're because you're um you know got got groups that are sort of been around for forever and um other groups where people are sort of moving through so so looking at them there's not many names I know there there's a couple um and you know, of the couple of names, you think, yeah, that's a good choice, um, and maybe we should have at least one of them on uh, to come and talk to us about what they're doing. I, I think that would be brilliant. Um, yeah, 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 I think that'd be really cool. Um, I think Kylie is revived. Um, I'm, I'm doing my battle with a with a thousand and one ways that um, Spotify can go wrong. Well, m- maybe um, I've put a jinx on us by saying that there's going to be that big trans-Tasman match-up between the Australians and the Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and maybe Sweden is not neutral in this um, <laughs> situation, yeah. given that Sp- I think Spotify is Swedish. I, I think that's where the company is based. Yes. And, and uh, yes, thank you, Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have another shot at Kylie.
Yay, Kylie. <laughs> now we've got to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're in a Kylie loop. Um, so I thought I might just sort of break up the show now with another poem. Um, and this is another new one. I wrote this, um, I think, about a week and a half ago. So um, it would have been about a week and a half ago. Um, here we go. And this poem is called... This poem is not about COVID. Navigating the space between us, the cognitive dissonance. I'm not talking about COVID in the moments when I'm lucid. I'm talking about the walls that divide us, race, religion, class. The working poor always die first, as cannon fodder to quench the thirst for diamonds, healthcare, organic coffee. Everybody's wanting it for free. When I hear moans about 5G and other false conspiracies, the distance between nonsense and science is an echo chamber of over-reliance on some right-wing nutjob who places blame and looks to rob the gullible but devout, now protesting outside my window, social distance, cognitive dissonance. That's uh, pretty timely, isn't it? <laughs> That that was obviously written around about the time of the um, the the protest march, was yes, it? yeah, yeah, and I I guess um, I it does feel to me as if there's this false division. I mean, society has enough divisions already; we don't need more. Um, and yeah, I just yeah, it's it's concerning for me that you know people are are getting pulled into to things run by groups called QAnon, which isn't a New Zealand group. It doesn't represent the political or social or cultural realities of this place, yet they come here harvesting the minds of our people to turn them against our own national best interest. I, I find that fascinating. Um, I was watching a, a thing on Netflix last night, weird documentary, 30-minute snapshots and there was a woman talking about her descent into QAnon and that she had always thought of herself as you know college educated um rational thinking person and she said towards the end of it she was just doing really outrageous things that um looking back on she's ashamed of and realized just how far it went so quickly and that that stuff can happen to anyone and um I think one of the things I learned from that documentary was rather than avoid the conversations with people, extend love and friendship and acceptance because that's the only way to break through some of that negativity is to say, well, they might be your views, but we still love you. You're still part of our community. And that's quite opposite to sort of, oh, no, that's the wrong thing to say. How could you think that? Which is really it puts people into defensive mm. positions, whereas if you just can break through that and say, well, you're my family member, I love you, I'm worried for you, but then move it on to another topic. It keeps the lines of communication open for later. So uh, that's probably what I what I took from my last night viewing at 7pm. Um, it's kind yeah. of interesting because, you know, um, there's, there's quite a few examples of, uh, so, so to me it's a, it's, it's kind of 
the thinking is around a sort of cultish thinking. Um, in in different cultish thinking, we um, we deal with in in quite different ways. I think um, possibly the reason that it's so different for the anti-vax um, things is because um, in many cases the cults are harmful to the people that are in them, but not necessarily so harmful to the people who are outside. Um, whereas, you know, for this, we we may be in the situation that we're having to say to family members, well, we, lo we love you and we'd love to see you back, but we can't have you for Christmas <laughs> mm. um, until, you've, until you're vaccinated. Um, yeah. It's quite a... It, it's... Um, it's it brings those those things that have been messy for the last few years right into a, and now that harm sitting on your back doorstep. Um, yeah. Whereas a lot of you know a lot of the QAnon stuff was just, you know, it's it's madness and and harmful, but not so directly threatening. That yeah. Harm, eh? Yeah, and I guess sort of for me, um, I'm not a historian, but mm. I've always been interested in history. And a lot of the things that QAnon are saying are the things that were said in the 50s and 60s um, and again in the 80s. Uh, very weird sort of um, themes that re-emerge. Um, and, you know, Hitler rose to power because he picked a target and he handpacked them on a national scale and, you know, it enabled a Holocaust to happen. Um, and I'm not equating someone who is an anti-vaxxer with a Holocaust, but it's a similar process of layered misinformation, um, offering people a sense of belonging, offering them a place to go when they're rejected by others, which I think is the key thing of you can challenge the idea but don't reject the person because it just pushes them further down the rabbit hole. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it's hard... Um, but, yeah, we've had to find some way to get through this um, contrived mess. The, the virus is not contrived. The virus exists. The conspiracy theories are the contrived element, and so how do we disentangle all of that in time for Christmas? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, yes, or, or just in time for uh, for all of us, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, actually, talking about Christmas... Um, when I was doing my prep yesterday, I thought about um, just how stressful the next couple of weeks can be for people, regardless of the the whether you've got um, anti-vax conversations happening um, or not. Uh, it's really stressful because people put a lot of pressure on themselves to be perfect, to present the perfect nuclear family. Um, if your perfect nuclear family is anything like mine was, it's more nuclear reactor <laughs> than, um, you know, fresh-baked apple pie and, um, you know, <laughs> hugs around the Christmas tree. Um, so I thought I would just offer some insights into what I think works for me to try and keep Christmas simple. Being one of the control freaks who does like to have a six-course degustation menu, um, which is ridiculous, um, and I know that, but I can't stop myself because for me, Christmas is food. So just setting aside my hypocrisy for one moment. Um, so here are my sort of top five or six or seven tips. Um, I can't count. I do words. Um, so tip number one, agree on a limit for the cost of gifts or 
agree to gift each other time. So, for example, I might say to Sue, um, please don't buy me anything this Christmas, but I would love for you to come over and help me paint the fence. <laughs> and Sue will go, I'm away that weekend. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, or, or I could, um, you know, if I know that Sue is really into fishing, I might say, hey, I'll come and go fishing with you or, um, you know, something like that, or I will come and paint your fence. Um, so it's that spending time together where you enjoy each other's company as opposed to, oh, so here's a gorgeous um, Christmas-themed cat figurine. Well, Sue might already have that particular figurine and doesn't want a matching set. Or maybe she doesn't like cats or maybe she doesn't like Christmas figurines and maybe she especially doesn't like cat figurines in the Christmas theme. So why give each other stuff? Stuff brings pain and suffering and is a burden. So, yeah, either... Or, or you could buy practical stuff. So if you know the person really loves ra raspberry jam, go to the supermarket, buy the poshest raspberry jam they've got or, or go to your community market or your farmer's market and, and buy beautiful handcrafted jam. Wrap it in, in some paper, put a bow on it. The person will love it because now every time they eat that jam, they're going to think of your thoughtfulness and that's beautiful. And then they've got the glass jar to use later. Um, have a bring a plate approach to your events is my tip number two. So don't try and do it all yourself. Um, so for example, this Christmas day, I'm off to a bit of an orphan's hodgepodge Christmas and I'm doing the desserts. Um, so the host doesn't have to. Another tip number three is keep it simple. So just focus on one thing that you want to do well and just let the rest of it go. So if your thing is the food, don't worry that much about the presents and the, what are you going to do after dinner. And let someone else take care of all of that. Um, and then with the dinner, if you just focus on one, one element of the dinner, so for example, your famous roast chicken or you know sausages on the barbie, just do them to perfection. You can buy mashed potato frozen in the freezer section these days. Um, you can buy you know the packets of mixed veg, the little baby carrots and the beans, pop them in the microwave for four minutes, boom, you've got mash and veg to go with your gorgeous whatever it is you've just spent ages working on. Um, tip number four, use newspaper as gift wrap because we get free newspapers and then afterwards you can feed them to your worms or um, pop them in your recycling. I already used them to start the barbecue to make the chicken. Awesome. Excellent. See, so reuse, repurpose. Um, and just, I, I, I think I have roast chicken on the brain. So here's a tip for if you want to do fancy roast chicken with stuffing. You go to the supermarket, buy the stuffing mix, the plain one, nothing too fancy, the cheapest, plainest stuffing mix you can find. Then walk around to the pantry section where you can self-serve things Get like half a scoop of cranberries. When you get home, mix the stuffing mix and the cranberries together. Add however much water they say to, possibly a little more because it's got the cranberries in it now. Use that. It's cranberry stuffing. People are going to think you're a culinary genius. And it's probably cost you all of $2.50. <laughs> so, so they're my Christmas tips. Um, and before we go to our next song, I thought I would just do a wee little Christmas poem. And this one is called Christmas. Um, it gets dark real fast, so sorry for that. So I'll, I'll try and say it in a cheery voice. Christmas, Christmas, 
Okay. Christmas. The half-finished embroidery placed in the wicker basket. An ancient coffee stain holds on to the side table. The room that no one walks into anymore, disturbingly undisturbed. The moment frozen in time under years of dust. There is a Christmas tree in the corner. Its brittle fingers hold on to crumbling ornaments, waiting for the children to return. It's dark. That's <laughs> cute, actually. It's um, yeah, I, I, I go real dark real fast. <laughs> um, I, I do have some joyful ones, and I will try to find them, um, and I will do joyful poetry next time. Um, shall we have a song? We'll have a go. Okay, which would we like? We would like Aura Eye. Awesome. And, 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 like, as soon as you say that, the phone locks itself. Let's go.
turn you off rather than turn you on. <laughs> that was a very laid back song. Um, oh. I think gorgeous for summer. Um, so we don't have that much long left in the show. Um, and so I just want to squeeze in one more little Christmas tip, which is um, Christmas cake ice cream. If you don't want to make a cake because they can be expensive and bothersome, here is an idea for you. And this is the sort of thing my mum does all the time. Bits and pieces and make it into a completely different thing. So you get four litres of the cheapest vanilla ice cream you can find. You let it soften a bit and then you mix into that a whole bunch of Christmassy stuff that you like. So um, two cups of whatever dried fruit makes you think of Christmas. You can put in your glacé cherries if you wish or if you're like me, I don't like them. Um, you could probably put in s- some actual cherries, to be honest, because I think or blueberries, because blueberries freeze real nice. Any food that freezes nice and doesn't go too like mushy. Um, then add whatever Christmas spice you want. So I think all up, probably about a teaspoon and a half of mixed spice, cinnamon, nutmeg, whatevs, and some chocolate, a couple of chocolate bits or grated chocolate. Give it a good old stir, shove it back in the freezer. And it's Christmas cake ice cream ready to serve whenever you want. Um, and I reckon you could eat that through the summer and count it almost towards your five a day. <laughs> um, so, and, and before I get too carried away with the Christmassy things, I wonder if we could just sneak in um, the next song called Get Along. Ooh. I don't know. Sorry, I've just yep. I've just sprung that across too. Um, because normally when I when I come on the show, we always have a cold chisel song. And this is not a cold chisel song. This is a Don Walker song, who was the key lyricist songwriter for Cold Chisel. Um, it's called Get Along. It was written a while ago, um, which you'll soon find out when he does the population count. Here we go.
So that was Don Walker um, singing his song Get Along. Um, and I, I just love that imagery of being retired, sitting sort of on a clifftop, watching ships over the horizon, um, your loved one by your side. Um, yeah, I just, that sounds amazing to me. Um, and in the meantime, you sort of do your job to get there um, in the hopes of having that really amazing, yeah, Time to relax and unwind and get off the rat race. Um, that's almost brought us up to the end of the show. So um, we do have one last bit of Christmas to offer you, um, and it's by Mary Lambert called Christmas Cookies. And I will apologise for probably being the first person on Quilted Bananas to play a Christmas song at you. Um, but trust me, this one's worth it. It's super cute. Um and, yeah, it, it has a little bit of that country music swagger to it that we've just had from Don. So a nice segue into Christmas cookies. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, sugar. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe. The ones that look like Santa Claus, Christmas trees, bells and stars. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe. Now, Christmas cookies are a special treat. The more she bakes, the more I eat. And sometimes I can't get myself to stop. Well, I understand. It tastes really good. Sometimes she'll wait till I'm asleep. She'll take the ones that I didn't eat and put those little sprinkly things on top. I love sprinkly things. I sure do. Cruelty bananas, cruelty bananas, cruelty bananas. 
The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. That programme was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.